Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to read one verse. There are so many verses I can read in Ephesians 6. We can go reading from verse 10. But I just want to read verse 12. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. If you notice, it says we wrestle not against. Does not say we don't wrestle. We wrestle but not against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood here, of course, indicates humans. Your fight, it's not against people or it's not with people. That is where people get it wrong. People are not the enemy. I don't care how demon-possessed they are. They are not the enemy. The enemy is the invisible force that's using them. And when we are able to deal with the invisible force that's using them, those people that are looked upon today as your enemies will become your best friends. The Bible says when the way of a man is pleasing to God, he makes his enemies his friends. We have been looking at the wrong people and looking at the wrong place. And the enemy has been hiding in the shadows. The enemy has been hiding and sneaking in the shadows and doing damage in people's homes and lives and jobs and destinies and all of that. And we're looking at the wrong places and the wrong people because we are being taught, taught or told that our mothers and our fathers and our uncles and our aunties are the enemy. But in actual fact they are not. The enemy is the one that's using them. The, the, the invisible power. The, the puppet master. That pulls the strings. Some people are nothing but puppets. In the hands of the devil. And the devil pulls the strings. And tells them what to do. And how to act and react. And what to do. And you look at them and you call them your enemy. But they are not your enemy. We wrestle, but not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against people. It's not against humans. And, and if you fail to see what I'm talking about based on God's word, you keep fighting the wrong people and fighting the wrong fight. And if you keep fighting the wrong fight, you're going to keep losing because you're fighting the wrong people. People are not the enemy. I am not your enemy. The person sitting beside you is not your enemy. Your mom is not your enemy. Your dad is not your enemy. Oh, I know that's not what some people want to hear. But in actual fact, they're not your enemy. Your enemy is principalities and powers. Rulers of the darkness of this age and spiritual wickedness in high places. These are your enemies. Your enemies are spiritual. Your enemies are not physical. Can someone say amen? amen? It's important that I tell you that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age or world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
Everywhere you go, you will find evil spirits binding people. Inflicting people with sickness. With mental issues. And people talk about schizophrenia. And, 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 and if, you, if you're not careful, you think it's just a, a, a medical situation. But in actual fact, for the most part, it's a demonic situation. The enemy inflicts people with all kinds of things. The enemy is wreaking havoc in families. And he's wreaking havoc in, 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 in societies. He's causing rebellion in children. It's all the enemy. And until we find the culprit. And the culprit is the devil. Don't look at the wrong place. The Bible shows us the right place to look at. Are you listening to me? So everywhere you go, everywhere, in every city, in every town, in every village, in every nation, in every continent, you'll find demons and devils. You don't see them with your naked eyes, but they are there causing trouble. <laughs> they are there inflicting people with sickness and disease. They are there binding people. They are there oppressing people. They are there intimidating people, harassing people. They are there causing rebellion in children. They are there. And until the church begins to use her authority, the enemy will continue to have his way. Until a believer begins to use his authority in Christ, the devil will continue to have his way. And even in the home, establishing your kingdom authority is important. I was telling the story in the Turkish service a few weeks ago, I think or two weeks ago, when I preached along these lines. And I was talking about how unruly some children are. Some children are in total rebellion. They are so unruly, so undisciplined. And the reason they are the way they are, it's because the parents allow them to. That's the reason they are the way they are. We were, this was I guess 2012, if I'm not mistaken. We were in London and we got on the bus. We got on the bus, my wife and I asked, we we're on this bus, we we're heading somewhere. And the kids I saw, we saw on the bus, I've never seen them. I've never seen people like this. I've never seen, I've never seen undisciplined people like undisciplined kids. I've, in my whole life, I've never seen them. They were making so much noise on the bus, public bus. The wraps they got from McDonald's and the packs. They ate the hamburgers and they threw the wraps and the packs all over the place. They littered, they littered the bus. The, the, dri the driver, the driver was complaining and none of them listened to him. They were acting like the sons of the devil. Because there are people, the Bible calls them the sons of Belial, the sons of the devil. When you allow indiscipline and, 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 and just people do anything they want, they get to the point where the enemy will take over their lives and just begin to run their lives. 
It is our responsibility to bring discipline. It's our responsibility to bring discipline. And we bring discipline to our children, but they get to the place where they have to bring discipline to themselves. Are you listening to me? And I'm, I know you are all adults here. All of you are all grown up. So you need to bring discipline to your life. And what I do with the word of God is really teach God's word, preach God's word, and let the Holy Spirit bring discipline to your life by the word that I preach and teach. But in actual fact, sometimes I feel as if I can lift, carry some of you and put you on my lap and smack you. I just feel like that sometimes, but it's not something that I can do. Because you're all grown up. You can't smack grown up people. You can't spank them. We live in such a time now that, that society wants to take our children from us. The Western society wants to take our children from us. They don't want us to spank them. They don't want us to discipline them anymore. You, you can't spank them. If you spank them, they'll call the police. And they do call the police. And parents are now afraid. Because if you spank your child, he's going to call the police. And if the police comes, they arrest you. For abuse. Go tell my father that. My father's in heaven. Go tell my father he abused me when he brought out his belt. We didn't know anything like that in Africa. You come to the West, they talk about, I'm abusing you. Abuse what? <laughs> no, your, your dad brought out his belt and you showed him your backside. And he ministered to you. And there was, no, really, I'm not kidding you. There was, we, my dad brought out his belt. Took me and my brother into the room. And ministered to both of us. <laughs> I cannot forget it. It stays with me. <laughs> my mom was out there shouting. Shouting, please, please, have mercy. <laughs> have, have mercy on, on the small one. She was fighting for me. Have mercy on the small one. Because there I was following my big brother everywhere he went. <laughs> Whatever he did, I did. And we were out there throwing stones. Trying to pluck some bananas. And he threw the stone. I didn't throw it. I, he threw the stone. But I was with him. So I was guilty by association. <laughs> I did not throw no stones. He threw the stone. And the stone flew. We missed the banana. And flew into another, someone else's compound. And landed on the head of a kid. <laughs> that day, there was weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. My mom was out, outside begging, pleading, shouting, please, please, please. The small one, have mercy. The small. <laughs> you can't let people just do whatever they want. And as much as we look at the, the structure of the family, we also must bring that same concept to the church. 
Because the church is family. And I know that I can put you on my laps and, and spank you. I can pull out my belt and do that. I can do that. We cannot do that. But we, we pull out the word. And we, we use the word. Can someone say amen? amen. We use the word. We let, we let the Holy Spirit minister to people. And we let the Holy Spirit help them deal with their flesh. Because if you continue to open up the door through your flesh to demons, they will take control. Some of the things I told you in my first message is that demons are territorial spirits. When you allow something to just continue in a particular place, you open up the door to demons to take control over that place. That's why I've told people that when I go into a hotel or I go into a, into a house, let's say I travel and I, lodge in, I, I check into a hotel, I first plead the blood of Jesus over the room and send every spirit packing. Come on, say amen. amen. I move into a new apartment. I first plead the blood of Jesus and I purge the house before we move in. Because you do not know what has happened in that house. You do not know what people have done in that hotel room before you checked in. Are you listening to me? Someone checked out at noon. You, checking, you checked in at one. Or at two. They just did some stuff. And left some demons there. And you move in and you check in and you, you, you think, oh, the bed sheet is clean. The bed is nice and the fridge has is, is been refilled and everything looks good. But some stuff have taken place in this, in this hotel and some demons are there waiting for the next guest. And you discover that the whole time you are there, you can't sleep. That happens even in apartments where people leave. And I don't know if that's happening where you live. If that's happening where you live, we can help you. Are you listening to me? An Iranian lady came to us. This was many years ago. She came and she asked if we could pray for her because she was tormented by demons. And we prayed for her here. And when we prayed for her here, she was free. But when she got back home, she discovered that some strange things was happening at home. When she comes out of her home, she was fine. When she goes back to the house, she was not doing well. At night, some strange stuff was going on. She was oppressed. She was harassed. And so she came back and she said, I, I told you guys to pray for me and I was free when you prayed, but when I go back to my house, I feel, I feel bondage. I feel this, there's a spirit there. So I take... Uh, uh, back then brother Ali the Iranian brother I took him there we both went there and we got to the house and we began to pray and we basically found stuff in the house that shouldn't be there and we told her this should not be there this should not be there and when she accommodates these things that open the door or attract demons demons come there are things that are probably in your house that attract demons and when you've listened to this message, you need to go home. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost and walk every room. 
and say, Lord, show me what is in my house that's causing me sleepless night. Because you find out you're living right. You, I mean, you, you speak in tongues. You've given your life to Jesus. What is it that you have done? You haven't done nothing. It's just something that has been done in the house and you need to cleanse the house. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying today? These things are very important. I told the story of, my, of a lady who came to my wife and said, I can't sleep. Everyone that visits me in the house can't sleep. We are all tormented. So we go to our house and we began to pray and we, we, we saw that the, the, the previous tenant, the previous tenant had let, left some, some, a pot, a pot, all kinds of stuff in it. Previous tenant was into witchcraft. Had left some, some stuff there. And so we looked up and we saw this thing there and we said that needs to go out. Because that is the invitation demons have to your house. And when she moved it out and threw it out, she began to sleep well. Anybody hear what I'm saying today? We wrestle not. Against human beings. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities. And powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness. In high places. That's who. You fight against. Can someone say amen. Don't stop seeing people as your enemy because they are not. Are you listening to me? They are just being used. They are just being manipulated by demons. And, and believers need to see what I'm saying because if we don't see what I'm saying, then we keep fighting, like I said, the wrong fight. We keep fighting the wrong people. We must see. What I'm saying. This is very important. Can someone say amen? amen? So everywhere you go. It don't matter the country. And let me also get this out. There is nothing like a Christian country. Did you hear me? There's nothing like a Christian country. People say America is a Christian country. Give me a break. There's, Europe is a Christian continent. Give me a break. There's nothing like a Christian country. There's nothing like a Christian continent. That is a deception that's running rampant. Oh, America is a Christian country. How come they do this? How come they do that? No, they're not a Christian country. America is a country with Christians in it. A country is not Christian. A country don't get saved. People get saved. Can someone say amen? amen? People promote righteousness and equity and justice in a country. Not the country itself. It is people that uh, promulgate laws. Is that correct? They make laws and they, they make laws that glorify God or they make laws that glorify Satan. And when you have people in leadership that, that make laws that glorify God, guess what happens? God takes over. 
The Bible says when the righteous prospers, the city rejoices. When the righteous prospers, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. Are you listening to me? But think about this. When the wicked prospers, there's sadness, there's bondage, there's trouble, there's anarchy in a country, in a nation. Are you listening to me? So it's important we understand that even with dealing with the demonic, even in nations, we have the responsibility that's been given to us by the Lord to pray for our leaders. That is why Paul wrote to Timothy and said, pray for leaders and those in authority that we may lead a peaceful life in all godliness. When you pray for the leaders of your nation, the wisdom of God will come to them. The fear of God will come to them. And the Bible says it's the fear of God that is the beginning of wisdom. The Bible says the fear of God is to depart from evil and the evil way. So when our leaders have the fear of God, because we prayed for them, they'll make the right decision and they'll open the door to the Holy Spirit. That's why you see even the, the life of the people of Israel when they had a godly king like David. Righteousness and equity and justice was in the land. The people were blessed. The nation was blessed. The nation was protected. But when you had people like Jezebel and Ahab, what a combination. Ahab married Jezebel. Recipe for disaster. Maybe I just throw this one out for free. Who you marry will determine a lot of things. Ahab married Jezebel. You all know Jezebel. You don't need me to teach you who Jezebel was. The wickedest queen that the nation of Israel ever had. Jezebel. If I ask you who was the wife of Solomon, most of you don't know. Who was the wife of David? Most of you don't know. Who was the wife of Asa? Most of you don't know. But who was the wife of Ahab? Oh. She, 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 <laughs> she was synonymous to wickedness. She was a household name. Everyone knows Jezebel. Are you listening to me now? So you can release the presence of God. Or you can release the presence of demons. Whether it's in a church, in a nation, in a family, or in your personal life. Did you hear me? In a church, in a nation, in a family, in your personal life. 
I believe first and foremost, each of us need to take responsibility for our personal lives. Listen to me. I can't take responsibility for you in this regard. You have to take responsibility for yourself. I can't close the door. You have to close the door. I can only close the door into my own life. Are you listening to me? In, in Proverbs chapter 4, I believe it says, My son, protect your heart with all diligence. For out of it flows the issues of life. It is your job to protect your life. Protect your heart. How do you protect your heart? Protect your ears. Protect your eyes. How do you protect your heart? Protect your ears and protect your eyes. How do you protect your heart? Protect your ears and protect your eyes. These are the two gateways through which things enter into your heart. My son, guard your heart with all vigilance. Just like a security guy who is looking after a bank. He doesn't go to sleep because if he goes to sleep, robbers will come. Is that correct? No, he can't go to sleep. He has to be on top of his game so that they don't break into the bank and steal. Because if they do, who's responsible? He is responsible. So when the Bible says there in Proverbs 4, My son, protect your heart with all vigilance. It carries the idea of a security guy who is awake. Awake to what's happening in his surrounding. Awake to what's happening around him. He does not go to sleep. But unfortunately, many Christians have gone to sleep and have given the devil an opportunity into their lives. Sometimes it is not what you did. It is what was done to you. Are you listening to me? And what I've seen really for the last two weeks is people just coming and talking about how this happened and that happened. Listen to me. There are stuff that may have happened in your past. And the enemy has wounded you in the soul. But some people keep hiding it. And in, in darkness and in secrecy is the power of Satan. Many will tell you when you really talk about people that are perverted. Because I talked about perversion as one of the ways that people open the door to the enemy. And you see people that are in perversion, sexual perversion today. And when you interview them, you will discover one, one common uh, denominator. You know what that is? They were sexually abused. Or molested when they were kids. And that just altered the way they think. It, it, it just messed up the way they are. It twisted them. They have given their lives to Jesus. But they are still dealing with this in the realm of their soul. But I serve a God who can deliver you. My God, your amen is very weak. 
I serve a God who can bring you out, who can deliver you. I serve a God who can set you totally and completely free that your past will never determine your destiny. Come on now, say amen. Your past should not determine your future. I can tell you story after story. I remember one Wednesday night, Pastor Corey was ministering. This was many, many, many years ago. This church is celebrating 20 years. So this was many, 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 many years ago. A young lady, a Turkish lady who came to the service on Wednesday as pastor was ministering. And she has been coming, really. She had been coming for some time, I guess, for a couple of years. But that Wednesday, the power of God fell in an amazing way. You know, the power of God always falls in this place. But that Wednesday was for that young lady. And when the power of God fell, a lady who was... A believer in Christ began to manifest. And she was just manifesting. I mean, demonic manifestation. So Pastor Corey tells me to take her to the back and deal with it. Deal with the demon. But here is the reason why we couldn't deal with the demon until she was willing to deal with the problem, we couldn't deal with the spirit. Do you know what the problem was? She said to us that she couldn't forgive her father who had abused her. She said, I'm not, she said, I will never forgive him. There's nothing you can say to make me forgive him. Until we could get her to forgive, we couldn't set her free. It's, it's, it's the unforgiveness that's the door. Come on now, somebody needs to hear what I'm saying today. It is the unforgiveness that's the door. The devil had access to her life because she said, I will never forgive. And we had to talk and talk and talk and convince her. And eventually she said, okay, and she began to weep. And some hurt can be deep. They can hurt so bad. They can be so deep that you can carry it the rest of your life. You would come up and you would come out and you dress nice and you look cute. But looking cute on the outside does not mean you look cute on the inside. Many are wounded on the inside but they look good on the outside. But they wear all the stuff and the makeup and the suit and the shoes as, as a cover-up. But the real is inside. The wound is inside. The trouble is inside. The problem is inside. And until the Holy Spirit and the Word of God goes deep on the inside and heal you and set you free, you are never free. But you've got to come to terms with this. You've got to understand that yes, this hurt happened. It has happened. But I'm not going to let this one event determine my life. I will move on. And I will move on by the grace of God. And the Bible says that God will give grace to the humble. But he will resist the proud. If you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. God will show you mercy. God will show you grace. And if you are willing to forgive who hurt you. God will also forgive you. And God will restore you. Amen. Come on somebody give the Lord a big hand of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. People are not the enemy. 
no matter what they did, no matter what they've done, the enemy is that invisible power that's working behind the scenes, using them to wreak havoc. When you look at history, you would study the lives of men and women that have yielded themselves completely to Satan. And what has Satan used them to do? The devil has used them in history to cause trouble, to wreak havoc in cities, in nations, in, in just different places. There are, people, there are people in history that have killed thousands and, and millions of people. Why? Because they opened up themselves to evil spirits. Now the question is, are they the enemy? Are they the enemy? Think about this. Paul was perceived and looked upon as the enemy of the church. Is that correct? But the day he gave his life to Jesus. The man who was perceived and looked upon as the enemy of the church became the biggest. The biggest preacher of Jesus Christ. Can someone say amen? So what I'm saying to you is this. It depends on who you open up yourself to. If you open up yourself to the Lord, the Lord will use you. If you open up yourself to the devil, the devil is definitely going to do something in and through your life. And I want to subscribe that you open up yourself to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And do not ever open up yourself to evil spirits. Because what you will experience and what people will experience through you, you will not like. Amen. 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 I heard the story of a man who called the police. Because he suddenly realized that his hand is filled with blood. And this is a true story. And when he came back to himself, he saw the, the blood of his son on his hands. Suddenly, a spirit had entered him. And he killed his son. And the spirit came out of him. And he realized he has killed his son. He called the police. They came and took him. The realm of the spirit is very real. And if we are not protected by the blood of Jesus. If we don't have the name of Jesus on our lips. And the word of God in our hearts. The enemy will try to get you. The Bible says be sober. Be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil. Who is your adversary? The, the word adversary is it's, it's, it's the enemy. It's an opponent. It's, it's the one that's against you. Your adversary, notice, your adversary is not your friend. It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not just, no. The adversary, the devil. Walk it about like a roaring lion. Seeking for whom he may devour. And I can guarantee you 100% he's seeking for you. Now the question is, are you going to let him get you? There are things that I pointed out to you that will open the, open the door to devils. I pointed these things out to you. They're going to massively open the door to the devil. When you engage, engage in the practice of witchcraft, you're going to open the door to the devil. Are you listening to me? 
the practice of witchcraft, going to the house of a witch doctor, it's going to open the door to the devil into your life. Using talisman. Things you think would protect you. And, and practicing magic. All of this stuff is going to open the door to the devil. Are you listening to me? These things are going to open the door. So it depends on who you want in your life. Many are in church, but they don't come alone. They come with many passengers. I don't know if you've come with passengers today. Many come to church with passengers. But we, 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 we heat up this room. So that those passengers cannot stay. Are you listening now? We heat the room up. We, 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 we make sure that God's presence is made manifest. We make sure that the word of God is rich. And the word of God is strong. And the word of God is powerful. We make sure of that. So that passengers don't stay. There are places where people come in with their passengers and the passengers stay with them. They come in and they leave every Sunday with their passengers. I was in a church, this was years ago. My wife and I were in this church and this girl who was in the service began to manifest. The passengers began to manifest. The, the, pre, the, preacher, the preacher was on fire. It is when the preacher is on fire that the passengers manifest. But if the preacher is an icicle, if the, if the preacher just came out from the fridge, the passengers will sit there comfortably. So while this passenger, I don't know how many she carried, but while they were manifesting, I thought they were going to cast the devil out. The local pastor, right in front of our eyes. It was not my service, so I was not supposed to do anything about it. Except they told me. But the pastor told the girl, easy, 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 take it easy. Give her chocolate. <laughs> Give the demon chocolate. You don't give... You don't give a bar of chocolate to someone who has a demon. You tell the demon to come out in Jesus' name. It's okay. It's okay, sister. It's okay. It's okay. Here, take chocolate. You know, it's just like when, when your two-year-old child is manifesting, crying, because someone took his toy. You say, okay, 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 it's okay. Here, check, take chocolate. You don't do that with demons. Chocolate don't cast demons out. Evil spirits are wicked. <laughs> the Bible refers to them as wicked spirits. 
Evil spirits are unclean. The Bible refers to them as unclean. So why do you need an unclean spirit in your life? Tell me why. Tell me why you need an unclean. See, if, if, if the Lord, see, see, this is the thing. If the Lord will open people's eyes to see in the spirit what is about to enter them, they will stop what they're doing. If the Lord will just, when you are about to do that thing, and the Lord shows you, hey, hey, blood of Jesus. I'm t- I'm t- you begin to plead the blood of Jesus. If the Lord would open your eyes to see, when you flip over to that channel, it's getting quiet now. <laughs> when you're about to go into that nightclub. Many years ago, a young man told me, Pastor, I, I, uh, I went to the nightclub. I said, why? He said, I went to relax. <laughs> I was so tired, I wanted to rest. I went to a nightclub. I said, bro, you don't rest in a nightclub. It's not possible. How can a Christian rest in a nightclub? Huh? How can a Christian, how can a Christian relax in a nightclub? Nightclub is not a place for relaxation. Let me give you a revelation today. Nightclub is not for relaxation. Nightclub is a place where people sin. And demons are all over the place. And you might go in with no passenger, but when you're coming out, you, you, <laughs> I, it's a, that's a guarantee. When you're coming out, you're going to come out, your, your boss will be filled. Your boss. If you came with a mini boss, your mini boss will be filled. Are you listening to me? No, you, you can't go. You can't, look, you can't go to those places. Can, cannot. Cannot. Praise God. Touch not unclean things, and I shall receive you. You shall be a son to me, and I shall be a father unto you, says the Lord. No, I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to save you. I'm not here to beat you. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to tell you what will keep your life safe and protected. So don't think to yourself, oh, it's preaching judgment today. No, I'm not preaching judgment. I'm preaching the fear of God. This is the fear of God. This is not judgment. This is the fear of God. How, how, do, you, how do you train your child not to touch fire. How do you train your child not to touch electricity? Hey, come, come, my son. I want to teach you how not to touch fire. I want to teach you because, you know, if I teach you, you'll never touch fire. So let's light the stove. Put your hand on it. Put, put your hand into the fire. Try it. Try, you will, learn, you will learn a lesson. 
You see that naked wire? Uh, come, uh, touch it. It will send a message to you. And when it sends this message to you, you get a revelation. That your whole life... No, that's not how to teach a child. But you do teach your child. You do tell your child, don't touch that. Don't do this. Don't go there. Why are you doing it? Because you're legalistic? No, you're doing it because you love them. And you love them, so you want to help them. That's why you do what you do. What the Word of God tells us, it's because He loves us. He saves us. He delivers us. He wants to keep us protected. Come on now, shout amen. amen. These spirits are all over the place. Looking for people. They are wicked. They are unclean. They are territorial. Is this helping anybody today? They hate God. The spirits don't like God. They hate they, they don't want to have anything to do with God. They hate God. You know how they carry out their hatred toward God? By inflicting people. Because they know God loves people. So if they want to get to, think about if someone wants to get to you. And they can get to you. They get to you through your child. Correct? They know, they know it's going to hurt you. They're going to touch you where it hurts. And they're going to touch your child. That's what the devil does. He wants to touch God, but he can't. So he wants to touch God by touching his people. He wants to mess people up. He wants to ruin people's lives. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is what he's come to do. Nothing else but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he does this to people. That's why you notice as you started the Bible that people are the devil's number one target. When Jesus came to the, uh, uh, to the man who had legion of demons, remember the story? Remember the story? They lived in this man. In actual fact, it was an unclean spirit, one unclean spirit that opened the door to many other spirits. And when Jesus asked him, what is your name? He said, my name not my names. My name is Legion, for we are many. It, it was one demon, and he was the boss. And he, he had opened the door to many more demons. So they came into this man, and, and a legion is actually a military term, referring to three to 6,000 foot soldiers. So with that in mind... We are looking at the possibility of this man filled with three to six thousand demons. But one entered first. And the name of this one is unclean. And he invited others. When you open the door to the enemy into your life, the enemy goes and tells all the spirits that, oh, this house is vacant. You can come. You, you're looking for a place? Come. I will. No. Oh, yeah. He brings in other co-tenants. 
Now, I'm just saying it so that you understand how this thing works. This is spiritual dynamics. I know in our neck, with our naked eyes, we don't see these things, but they exist. I, I remember the story. I told the story. I've told it many times, but I'll tell it again. This was many years ago. We got married first year or second year of our marriage. We had a fight, my wife and I. And uh, we had many fights, by the way. In case you don't know, let me tell you. But we settled all of them. And that's why we are still together. Thank you, Pastor Samdi and teaching us last week. Don't ever say divorce. Divorce should never, never come out of your mouth. That shouldn't even be in your vocabulary. I'm, I'm, I'm done with you. Shut up. Stay there. You marry, you marry, you lock the door, you throw the key away. You, you're not coming out. You stay married the rest of your life. And all the married people said amen. amen. Don't matter what's going on. Yeah, give God glory if you want to do it. Amen. I'm going to test this. You're not testing nothing. If you, if you, you, don't, you don't test it. Don't test marriage. I'm going to try it. This is not lottery. You marry, you marry. And all the singles said, God help me. <laughs> Come on now, say amen. amen. But going back to my story, we, we had a fight. We couldn't resolve our fight. We couldn't. In the night, we go to bed. She gives me her back, I give her my back. <laughs> On the bed. Yeah, is it okay if I tell stories? Yes. Just be honest, transparent. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Because some people think, oh, you are Mr. Perfect. You never made any mistake. That's it. Failing is not the problem. What to do after you fail, that is the problem. What to do after you fail. When you've made a mistake, when you've blown it, when you've messed up. What to do after you've messed up. That is the real, that's the crux of the matter. Not the mistake. Not the sin, the sin not the stuff. It's what you do afterwards. So we, we didn't handle it well. So I'm facing this direction. She's facing the other. But the amazing thing is, you know, sometimes people can do dumb stuff. Why didn't I just sleep in another room? <laughs> I, is it not funny? You, you, I should have just gone to another room. I had other rooms. I should have just gone to the living room. But you, you must torture yourself. Punish yourself. You know something? Just punish yourself. Go to bed and give your wife your back. She gives you her own back. Just put a pillow in the middle. <laughs> you laugh. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You know. You know, some of you are married, you know what I'm talking about. 
there you are looking at me and say, wow, this pastor is reading my mail. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm reading your mail because I've also done the same thing. <laughs> so we, we're sleeping in the night. We managed to sleep. And here is the thing. If, if the Lord had come, if the rapture had taken place, we would still be in bed. That's a, this is um, see, I'm, this is the fear of God. Don't just think I'm not just here to talk about if you do this that. No, it's the fear of God that I am by the Holy Spirit injecting into you. If the rapture had taken place, eh, many would have gone. We would have been in bed. Wake up the next day and realize, hey, where's Pastor Hamdi and Pastor Leila? <laughs> where, 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 where is Pastor Corey and Pastor Rose? Eben, Eben was in his room. He would have gone. We, you, we would have woke, woke, woken up in the morning, go to, where is Eben? <laughs> the door is still locked. <laughs> Everything is intact. And we were still there. But I kid you not, and God's my witness when I tell you what I'm about to tell you. At around 3 a.m., around maybe 3, 4 a.m., around that time, the Lord opened my eyes in the spirit. And, and I wasn't seeing a dream. I was seeing myself on my bed with my wife beside me and in my bedroom. And at the foot of the bed was a black spirit. Just stood there and was looking at us. When I saw him, I knew this is a demon. But the demon has gained access into my family because I couldn't forgive. <laughs> And there he was, looking at us. What do you do when you see a demon in your room? <laughs> what do you do? What would you do if it was you? I began on, on, on top of my voice. I began to scream, Jesus. Isn't that interesting? When we need him, we call him. But Jesus says, don't call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I tell you. Jesus is not a firefighter. That shows up at your rescue. I'm here to rescue you. It's not a firefighter. If Jesus is not Lord 100%, he is not Lord at all. But are you not thankful to God for his mercy? God not giving us what we deserve. That's what mercy is. Grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. We deserve that demon. We deserve that spirit. We deserve that he wreaked havoc. We deserve that he probably put sickness on us that day. Because the thief comes 
to do what? Steal, kill, destroy. Who opened the door? We did. Do you even know that the future of your children depend on the way you live? This is not just about you. Stop being self-centered and selfish. This is not just about you. There is a much bigger picture. The future of your children depends on how you live your life. You may say, I have repented, but it might affect them. God has placed you, if you're a husband, you are authority in that family. You can allow, you can disallow. You can let devils come, or you can say, devil, you're not coming into my family. You have to come through me, if you will come. But I'm not standing in my authority. I'm standing in the authority of and as long as I stand in the authority of the name above every other name, you will not touch my wife. You will not touch my family. You will not touch my finance. You will not touch my business. You will not touch anything that's con that concerns me. You have no place here. This is what we must do. So as I screamed for several times, Jesus, Jesus, desperation. Do you know we, 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 people fight things they shouldn't fight because they didn't obey. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Don't sacrifice. God don't need your sacrifice. Only obey and you will not have to pray some prayers. Only obey. You will not have to fight some battles. There is power in obedience. There is authority in obedience. There is freedom in obedience. So the fight that people fight are fights they shouldn't fight. You've got to learn to pick your fight. Pick your fight. There are fights I don't want to fight. Are you listening to me? So we, we, now, we, now I'm screaming. Now I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. Now I'm, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the more I shouted. And then suddenly it disappeared. Nobody would tell you to reconcile. <laughs> Nobody. You don't need a preacher. When you see that spirit, you don't need someone to preach to you. You kiss your wife, you tell her how much you love her, you tell her she's the best thing, you tell her that she's the butter on your bread, the honey. You don't need nobody to tell you. You don't need nobody to tell you. You will preach to yourself. Anybody getting this today? That day my eyes opened into the realm of the spirit. To see that there are spirits. There are spirits. And they come to mess people up. They come to mess families up. They put pe people, people allow the enemy to even put sickness. Christians would allow the enemy to put sickness on them. 
Do you know the enemy can put sickness on people? On Christians? So, but no, Pastor God, that, is that? Yes, it is possible. I heard the story of a, of a pastor, pastor's wife, really, who the devil just kept lying to her. I've told the story before, but let me tell you for the sake of those that never heard it. The devil kept telling this pastor's wife, you are pretty, but you are wasting your beauty. You are beautiful, but you're wasting your beauty. How can you, you go to the world and enjoy yourself? You're wasting your beauty. You are pretty, but you're wasting your beauty. And the more she listened the more the devil gained access. For the, for the weapon of our warfare are not what? Are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are the strongholds? No, it's not stronghold in the atmosphere. It's not a 21-day fasting and prayer of Daniel, the prince of Persia. No. For the weapons of our warfare are not kind of a mighty through God, the pulling down of a stronghold. Now, listen to what it says. Casting down. Aha, imagination. That is where it is. Casting down imagination and bringing into captivity. Everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. It's in the mind there. But the day I saw the picture, the Lord opened my eyes to see the picture of how these demons operate. They sit on people's shoulders and speak to them. Suggestions. And as she as this spirit kept suggesting to this pastor's wife, days, like day after day, she accepts it. She receives that. And it, it just came into her like a smoke. Oh, can a Christian have a demon? You remember I've, told, I've answered the question, right? Many times. Do you want one? No, no, because people ask that question, you wonder if they want one demon. If they want a demon, that's why they ask. Because if you want a demon, you can get. It's in the market. You want to buy one? You can buy. No, if you want one, you're going to get one. But I know you don't want any. Yeah, you see, but, but you see, people say they don't want a demon, but they do what make, brings a demon. This pastor's wife was... Was locked up in a mental institution for over a year. She lost her mind. Lost her mind. But praise God, someone who had the power of God, the authority, and the anointing came and helped her, and she was free again. Galatians chapter 5, let's read this and I'll finish. Is this helping anybody? Awesome. If you find Galatians 5, say amen. amen. Can everybody read? If I say 1, 2, go, you all read, okay? Galatians 5 and verse 1. 1, 2, go. 
Did you read? Or did you just murmur? Okay, here's what it says. Stand fast. Stand fast in the liberty. <laughs> liberty. Do you know that a believer in Christ was liberated? Do you know that a believer in Christ is not bound? You have liberty. Watch this. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again. No, no, no. You see that? Again. I want to say again. again. So it means they were entangled before. Now they are free. But they can be entangled again. <laughs> can a Christian... Uh, no, what do you, you have anything. You can have anything. Stand therefore now in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of slavery. Who wants to be a slave of the devil? Huh? Nobody. So when we do things that open the door, there's a possibility of going back into slavery and bondage. Is this helping anybody? <laughs> Look at Hebrews 6. I said I was going to finish with the other one, but... Permit me to finish with this one. <laughs> no, because as I read the other place, I, I, the Lord put this in my heart, Hebrews 6. Have you found Hebrews 6? Look at verse, look at verse, uh, verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened... And have tasted of the heavenly gift. And were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. And have tasted the good word of God. And the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away. To renew them again unto repentance. Seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh. And put him to an open Shame. Like a dog going back to his vomit. That's basically what I just showed you in both places. Like a dog going back to his vomit. Look at, look at, look at. They have tasted mm, of the heavenly gift. Who is the heavenly gift? Who is the heavenly gift? Yeah, you can say Jesus Christ. You can say the Holy Spirit. Right? Yeah. They have... They are being enlightened. In other words, they were in darkness, but now they have light. Right? The light of God's word has shone in their lives. Now they don't have darkness, they have light. They have 
They have, been, they, they, they have been made partakers of the Holy Ghost. They have tasted of the good word. My God, is the word of God not good? <laughs> and they have also tasted of the powers of the world to come. My God. You know, that's what we taste when we come into services like this and revival services. We taste of the powers of the world to come. Are you listening to me? The Bible says we... If you've tasted all of this and you fall away, it say it's impossible to renew you because you crucify Christ again. Oh, can a Christian? Mm, well, well, what's the debate as being? Can a Christian lose their salvation? Da, 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 da. I don't want to get into that. That's not what I'm teaching today. I'm not teaching. I'm not teaching Calvinism or anything like that. Once saved, forever saved. I'm not teaching that. But be careful. Tell two people, be careful. Be careful. One prayer that I've prayed over myself it's, Lord, baptize me in the spirit of the fear of God. I prayed that over myself many times. Baptize me in the spirit of the fear of God. I want to walk in the fear of God. Amen. Amen. Don't, if I walk in the fear of God, I don't, I'm not worried about anything. I'm not worried. The Lord will keep me. The Lord will hold me. The Lord will preserve me. The Lord will protect me. Lord, just baptize me in the spirit of the fear of God. Can someone say amen? 